0: So when we set our mind on the word of God and we keep it set, we can live according to the word. Y'all, it's not hard to live according to the word. Some people say, since I got saved, it's so hard. The Bible say the way of a transgressor is hard. Why is the way of a transgressor hard? Because what you know, you choose not to do. That's why it's hard. You know what the word says. But God reminded me, y'all, we can live according to the word of God, even when we don't go into the word of God. Why? Because we have a choice. This is why God gave us a choice. Even a sinner has a choice. Everybody in this room has a choice to what you want to do and how you want to do it, how you want to live, how you want to conduct yourself. How do I know that we have a choice? Because when a doctor tell you, if you don't lose a few pounds, this is what's going to happen to you in a couple of months before you was in gluttony. But soon as you heard the evil report, you begin to drop pounds, not because you wasn't eating, because you were worried. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you something. You have a choice. All of us have a choice and God want us to make the right choices. He want us to live according to the word because he know everything that we need is in the word. It is all about the word, y'all. The earth was created by the word. The heavens was created by the word. Everything is upheld by the word of God. Nothing that God created cannot stand without the word. We're forgetting the most important thing, which is the word of God. We lead that out, but we grab and hold to more natural things. When your body gets weak, the first thing we think about, did I eat today? Did I eat? What's going on with my body? Well, that reminds me, I haven't eaten anything since six this morning. And now it's 9 o'clock at night. So you know your body is weak because you didn't feed your body. Guess what? Your spirit becomes weak when you do not feed your spirit the word of God. You have to feed your spirit the word of God. Because when you don't, you get weak. You get depleted. So this is why it's so important that God is saying... You can live according to the word of God if you choose to. Some of us choose not to because we put other things in front of the word. We put activities, we put, you know, things that we want to put in front of the word. But the word is the most important thing in your life because the word quickens you. The word gives you life even in the midst of a death situation. The word can bring you peace even in the midst of the storm. You can be going through a storm, but you're so peaceful in the storm because you have the bread of life. And this is what we need. So we know we talked about, we don't live according to the word because we become people pleasers and not God pleasers. I have to bring this back in the house because let me tell you, some people hearts are so hardened through this series that I have been teaching. You still trying to please man after God has bought the word in the house To tell you what's going on with you. Don't you know y'all. The word is your medicine. I want y'all to catch hold to this. The word is your medicine. This is why in the book of Proverbs. It says pay attention. Pay attention to my words. Why would that be put in the Bible. If God didn't want us to do it. Everything that's in the Bible. Y'all is for our benefit. It is our medicine. He said pay attention. To my words incline thine ear unto my saying. I have said this many a times. We can be sitting down and we can be talking about something and somebody can say something that you heard it, but you want to hear it again. You will lean a little bit further. You will come a little bit closer. Have y'all ever done that? you be been like, hush, hush. Say that again. And you at full attention, because you paying attention to what they're saying, you are in your hearing Over to what's being said because you say, oh, that's too juicy for me to miss it. I got to make sure I tell it right. So while somebody is telling you something, the other person that didn't hear it good or stop you in the midst of that juicy gossip and say, say it again. And you're like, wait a minute. Didn't you hear it the first time? But they're inclining their ear because they want to make sure that they're hearing exactly what was said. This is what we do with the word, y'all. We pay attention to the word, we incline our ear unto the word saying, we let it not depart from our eyes. That means that's what we be seeing, that's what we be thinking about. We let it not depart from our eyes. Why? Because we let it get into our heart. And if it get into our heart, it's medicine, it's life to our flesh. The enemy don't want the word to get in your heart. That's why the Bible say, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it is the issues of life. That's where life is. It comes from your heart. So God is saying, I want you to pay attention to my words. He said, we can't be people pleasers. We have to be God pleasers. It's not about man. It's about him. God loved us so much. Man had to die. Jesus had to die for us. He loved us. So he's telling you, pay attention to my words. Everything that God is bringing in this house, he brings it for a reason. And believe it or not, when you go home and and see, this is the problem. And I'm going to go here. When God is bringing a word, I want you to understand this. It is not my word. This is why in the book of um, Thessalonians. When Paul went to them, he said that he thanked God that when he bought the word of God, they received the word not as man's word, but they received it as God's word, which effectually works in those that believe. So what was he saying? He said, when I came to you in the midst of what you was going through, these people were being persecuted because of this word. They were going through some changes. Because of the word of God. But Paul said when I came to you. You didn't receive this word as man's word. You received this word as God's word. And this is why the word is working effectually in you. Because you believed it for what it was. So the problem is when we have people are presenting the word. We're looking at man and we're not looking at the word. This is why when you're in the word, it don't matter who brings the word. As long as it is the word of God, you receive that word because it's going to begin to work effectually in you because you received it as God's word and not apostle Amanda Walker Bryant's word. But you said she's bringing God's word. So I'm going to receive that word and it's going to begin to work in you. So the first thing we got to understand, it's not man's word. It's God's word. We taking the word of God lightly because we're believing in man more than we believing in God. We're trying to do what man is telling us to do. But man is only the messenger, the ambassador that's telling you what God is bringing to you, reminding you of what you should already be in. We bring to you his word, what God is saying. And God said, my word is forever settled in heaven, meaning that God's word is not going to change. His word has final authority, y'all. So God don't want you to take his word lightly. Even when God's word is being ministered, when God's word is being preached, when it's being taught, we should be standing at attention because we're honoring his word because it's God's word. We don't take it lightly. So God is saying we're trying to be man pleasers instead of God pleasers. So when you're trying to please man, you're doing what man tell you to do and not what God is telling you to do. Then we got the spirit of pride. We want people to see us instead of seeing anyone else. We went over Leviathan in the book of Job, and Job had a problem with fear. Yes, he did, but God got to the root of the thing, and he said, Job, you being self-righteous. Job didn't know he was trying to justify himself. See, pride will make you always try to justify you because you want people to see you lifted up. You don't want them to see God. You want them to see you. And sometimes we're thinking that we're doing the right thing by justifying ourselves, But what we're doing, we're lifting ourselves up above God. That's why the Bible tells us to cast down what? Every imagination, every high thing that exalts itself above what? The knowledge of God. So when we know that we're trying to put ourselves on a pedestal, we need to humble ourselves and say, "I'm humbling myself up under the mighty hand of God, and that way, in due season, what? I shall be exalted. But God was adding a little bit more to this series. If you notice what Paul was telling Timothy, and I like how Paul was bringing Timothy the word because Timothy was a pastor and he was encouraging Timothy because he knew that in the last days, y'all, we're living in those days, even right now, because you're seeing things that's happening around us. But if you go into the word of God, you should know those times are going to come. So we're in the times now that people are lovers of themselves. Is that not being prideful? Is that not being boastful? We don't care about nobody else. It's all about us. It's about what I want. It's about what I need. Even when you know somebody else have a need, you putting your need above their need. And that's not how God said we should be. So they're becoming lovers of themselves. They're becoming what? Truth breakers. It's a lot of stuff in this scripture that we need to um, meditate on. He said perilous times will come. Difficult times will come where you see these things and even family love is dying. It's in the scripture. Meaning that we're not even loving each other as a family. Sisters, brothers, moms, dad, that family love is waxing cold. That means that we don't look at each other the way we used to look at each other. We're coming against one another. Sisters and brothers coming against one another. Mothers and daughters coming against each other. Children's, children are being very disobedient when they're not respecting their parents. They're not hearing what is right here in the scripture. It's no point of us asking ourselves why we're saying we raised them the right way. We did this or we did that. we we'll trust God. With what you have done. Because God is the only one that can change their heart. And that's why we continue to give them the word of God. If we continue to beat them down with what they're doing, they already know what they're doing. They're in the world. They're trying to do what the world does. But if we keep encouraging them... And the things of God, no matter how they act out, guess what? Sooner than later, they're going to turn the way that they need to turn. They're going to make a U-turn and they're going to realize this world is not my home. So we need to understand the way that we need to approach things. We need to approach things according to the word. Why do you think that God gave a command to the families, the Israelites? He said, I want you to give your children this word. When they rise up in the middle of the day, when they lay down, even while you're sitting around, I'm going to tell y'all something. I wish a long time ago that I have taken heed to the word. Because when you're raising children, why do you think they said you got to put the word in them? Even while they're in the womb. Because when they come out, y'all, they already affected. By what they're hearing, by what they're seeing. Do you know, when I think about what they told the Israelites with their children, they said, you got to put this word in them. Every opportunity you get, you put it in them. Do you know when we're sitting around as a family, we should be talking about the word. Yeah. See, I understand why granddaddy and grandmama and them would always, when you come in their house, they always would open up that Bible. Granddaddy would not even have to open up the Bible, but he would start speaking truth. He would start speaking the word. And I'm like, is this all this man want to talk about? Every time you come in here, he's talking about, well, you know, this is what God said. And this is what the word. But I understand he was living according to the word. He was giving us the word of God. And even how I know that. Um, my dad was raised even that way because even when dad was doing what he was doing, he was still speaking the word. So I knew he had the word, but he had a choice to live out what he was taught. So it's not that some of us was not taught. Some of us do go astray even with being taught, but the Bible gave us a promise. Though they stray from the word, they're going to eventually come back. To, y'all got to hear what I'm saying. See, this is why it's so important To teach them at a young age. Because the world is taking over our children y'all. The world is in the school. They took prayer out of the school. But they can't take prayer out of your children. Because when your children go in the bathroom. They can begin to pray and lift up their hands to Jesus. Just because they don't do it. Don't mean your children shouldn't do it in their time of trouble. We're taking prayer out of places because we get ashamed. Because we try to please men. We don't want nobody to see us praying to our God. But Daniel, when Daniel was in Babylon, he loved the Lord, but he was put in a place. And Daniel, he honored the king there. But when the king went outside of what Daniel was taught, Daniel refused to do what they were doing. They wanted Daniel to pray to another God, to another king. Daniel did the same thing he always did. He went back and he knelt down looking towards Jerusalem and he began to send up praise. He began to send up prayer to God. And they was upset with Daniel because he didn't obey what the king had laid out. But Daniel didn't care because he knew what the word said. Daniel was only going to live according to the word. Did Daniel go through for living according to the word? Yes, he did. And you're going to go through. But when you got God on your side, there will be, what is the scripture that says, when they are against you, God will be for you. When God be for you, who can be against you? So we don't worry about who's against us. We look who's for us. When we look who's for us, it don't matter who's against us because God has given us protection. He has given his angels charge over us. No evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come now our dwelling. Because God has given his angels what? Charge over us. Yo, we are so well protected because we are carriers, we are ambassadors of his word. So no matter what goes on in our lives, he said, I want you to carry that word. I want you to deliver that word. I want you to drop that word off where I tell you to drop it off. I'm your protector, I'm your refuge. I'm fortress. I'm your sure defense. When you know the word, you don't have a problem delivering the word and you're not afraid to because God give you holy boldness. Some people don't want you to speak truth. You know why? Because while they're sitting there, deliverance is happening. And they don't want to let go of what they're doing. So they want you to shut up. So how do they try to shut you up? By lying on you. By telling people opposite to what was said. Because they want to shut your mouth. See they tried to shut Daniel's mouth. They try to cut him off. They put him in the lion's den. But Daniel went to sleep. Why? Because he trusted his. Don't you know God created the lions? So God sent an angel in there to shut the lion's mouth. See, when you're carrying the word of God and the word of God is true, God will send an angel and that angel will shut the mouths of those that's coming against you. So when you know that God can do anything, why are you worried about? Is it God? Y'all, God is such a good God. God has a way of working it out. So look, tell your neighbor, say, he's already worked it out. out. Say, so quit figuring it out. out. Kimberla Costa, stand up for me, honey. I want you to say, thank you, Father, Father, that you have already worked it out. out. So I'm going to stop trying to figure it out. Say, you already worked it out. So I'm going to stop trying to figure it out. See, I'm just going to praise you that it's already worked out. Say, every heavy burden. say, I thank you for a garment of praise. Come on, begin to praise him. Begin to give him glory. Because God has already worked it out. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. God is telling you right good because he's a good, good father. Hallelujah. 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 It don't matter what they're saying. It don't matter what it looked like. God said, I have already turned it around and I already made it. Glory, God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we give you glory. It may not look good in the natural, but I'm here to tell you that it's already done in the supernatural. And we bring super Come on, see them paying your bills off. See your body healed. See yourself delivered. See yourself promoted. See what God sees. And then you're going to do what God says. See your husband saved. See your children saved. See, see, you got to see it. Hallelujah. 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 The favor of God surrounds you like a ship. Hallelujah. You have favor with God and you have favor with man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do me a favor and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, won't he do it? won't he do it won't he do it won't he do it it? now look at him and say it's done say it's done it's done prophesy to yourself prophesy to yourself you got to speak those things that be not as though they were that's what God did Hallelujah. 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 Glory God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? Hey, Brother Tyson. Brother Tyson. Come up here for a second. Listen. This is what I'm seeing in the spirit for you. We know. That is already done. But God say this is your opportunity. To just run and tell what's already done. God say run and tell. What's already done. You got to tell it. Because you know it's done. You ain't waiting on it to get done. You have a peace on the inside of you that you know it's already done. Quana you've been waiting and waiting and waiting. But this is what the Spirit is saying. Your wait was over over 2,000 years ago because God said, I have already done everything that I need to do he said the only thing you need to do is give me glory God said don't go on what you're seeing in your house go on what I already said about your house God said have I said it shall I not do it have I not spoken it and shall I not make it good he said, because I'm God and not man, that I shall lie, neither the son of man, Quana that I shall change my mind. So guess what? He said, run and tell it. Already done. Already done. Already done. Already done. Let me tell y'all something. This is what God is saying. God is saying we running and telling the wrong stuff. We running and telling what people done to us. God said, I want you to go run and tell what God has already done to you. He said, don't be telling what they done to you. He said, run and tell what I done for you. Don't you know that's how you turn truth? The lie into truth. He said, we're running and telling how we feel, evangelists. We're running and telling what somebody done to us. Let's run and tell what the words say. No weapon Amen. formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up in judgment, thou shalt come. the word says. Quit running and telling what people said about you. People going to talk about you because you love the word. He said that they're going to hate you because they hate me. And you're going to be persecuted because of the word's sake. So why are you upset about that? We should be rejoicing y'all because we have haters. We should be giving God glory because they don't want to hang around us, Apostle. We should say, thank you, God. I'm in the world, but I ain't like the world. So the world can't hang around me, not unless they want what I got. Now look back at your neighbor and say, neighbor, quit being a people pleaser. And be a God pleaser. And when you are God people pleaser, you will win the people. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Isn't God good? Doesn't he honor his word? And y'all, we're not through yet. So you just needed a little charge. You needed a little charge because sometimes we sit there and try to go to sleep on this word. So God had to give you a little charge. He He had to stir you up a little bit. Amen. So let's continue with this word. Does not this word bring life? Who's receiving life from the word? That's what the word's supposed to do. See, you need some spiritual food to charge you up. The Lord was telling me the other day. Y'all, I love just getting in conversation with the Lord because I tell you, he just tell you everything, even stuff you don't want to hear about yourself. God will tell you, y'all. He'll just tell you. So when I'm having conversation with the Lord and I'm meditating on God, what else do you want me to bring the people on Sunday? And I was just sitting there and God began to tell me, he said, spiritual depletion. I said, huh? He said, spiritual depletion, and he put a battery in front of me. And this is what he reminded me of. God will use natural things to bring spiritual things to life. So he began to show me a battery. He said, you remember when you you was working on the mics at the church, and you couldn't get a sound out of a certain person's mic, and you knew this person here was loud, but you wasn't hearing them clearly? I said, yes. He said, the battery was being uh, depleted. It was being drained, so you're getting less sound. And that's why you had less sound with that mic. He said, if my people are being spiritually depleted, you're going to get less sound. That means you're dry and you need to be filled. You don't hear no more strong hallelujahs. You may hear a faint. And I'm hearing in my ears some people say, I don't have to be spiritually depleted to give you, you no know, high hallelujah. But let me tell you something. When you know how good God is. And when you taste it, how good God is. God's voice is like a thunder. God's word began to rumble. On the inside of you because somebody hit the right note. And that note that they hit was feeding your spirit. And you can't do nothing but say hallelujah. You can't do nothing but begin to raise your hands. You can't do nothing but begin to start. See your body is having a reaction to the charge of the spirit y'all. See, when your spirit is getting charged, your body begins to activate because people know that the spirit is moving. Because sometimes you'll have a God, sometimes you'll moan with it, sometimes you'll weep with it, sometimes you'll cry with it. Everybody got a different emotion when it comes to the move of God. Everybody may not act like you. You may can sit there and just pat your leg. But it's some that just have to dance before the Lord. It's some that just have to holler. It's according to where your charge is. Everybody got a different charge, baby. Your charge may not be like mine. But I ain't going to stop my charge because you want to sit there and act like there ain't no God. When you charged up, you want to move for him. You can't sit still. You better have some illumination. Everybody just can't sit there and do nothing. You may do it in your own way, but don't come against what I'm doing. Because you don't know where I've been last night. You don't know the trouble I had yesterday. You don't know how God stepped in on my situation. You don't know how I felt. You don't know what I've been through. So don't tell me not to praise him. he is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good. Hallelujah. And we just get into the teaching. See he's good. He's good. And when you know how good he is, it shouldn't be no complaints. Y'all I'm gonna tell you something. I hear this song in my spirit. Through it all, I have learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I have learned. Come on now. To depend. But y'all got to catch the first part. Through it all. If I didn't go through it, I wouldn't learn how to depend on it. If I didn't go through it, I wouldn't know how to trust in his word. If I didn't go through it, I wouldn't know how to get in his word. You go through it. God ain't taking you out of it. He said, I want you to go through it. Because I know you can go through it. Because you have the word. Through it all, i learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, i learned to trust in his word. Let me tell you something. The Lord will get you. He'll get you real good. He'll let you know now. Don't let the enemy sneak up on you. You teaching it. So I want you to teach what you're living. Don't let the enemy... He tried to sneak up on me, y'all. When you get frustrated... When you get overwhelmed, the enemy try to do a sneak attack. I was sitting yesterday, we, me, Darlene, and Kim, and Joe was out here, my husband trying to hook up the camera. What night was that? Friday night. I think we just done something Thursday night. Y'all, yeah, it's been a long week. The leadership meeting Thursday night, so we was hooking up the camera. Friday night, getting the camera ready, because as you know, the other camera that we had, Would not work no more. So we got a new camera was trying to hook it up. It was kind of hilarious, though, because me and Darlene Kim looking at different stuff. And Darlene calling to the the Baba later, some later, some kind of thing. Darlene said, I believe you need that thing. And I'm saying, well, they're saying you need this thing. And we're going through all this stuff, right? And, y'all, all of that stuff will deplete you. It will make you tired. It will wear you out. So when I got up Saturday morning, I heard the Spirit say, Don't let your complaining mess up where I'm carrying you. I'm like, huh? He said, don't let your complaining mess you up for where I'm carrying you. He said, start giving me praise for what I'm doing. It ain't about who do it, who don't do it. It's about where I'm carrying you. Me and my husband got ready to go, and I guess my husband was wondering. I was in the car behind the steering wheel. Yes, I drive. (laughs) Behind the steering wheel, and I stopped, and I began to pray. I began to say, thank you, Lord, that you have given me and my husband strength to do what we do. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity to do what we do. Because some people can't do what we do. But God, you chose us to do what we can do. So I thank you for the strength to keep doing what you have called me to do. God, I give you glory and I repent of any pride that's in my life to think that I'm doing this. Because it ain't me, it's you. You can, God, I'm telling you, God is a good God. He wouldn't allow me to get into pride. You cannot tell me that you're in pride and the Holy Spirit wasn't helping you to get out of it. That's how you live according to the word. You hear him. And you do what immediately when I heard him, I began to pray. I said, this ain't coming at me. This ain't coming on me because, God, you gave me this opportunity. If nobody don't do nothing, you're going to give me the strength. You're going to give me the know-how. Because it's in you I live and you I move and you I have my being. If nobody don't do nothing, I know a God who can. Oh, I felt so good. Y'all, I felt like I could move a mountain. Why? Because I moved something out of my way that was trying to bring me down. I had to move it. What have you moved out of your way lately that's keeping you from flowing in the spirit? That's keeping you from hearing God because we got the same God. We got the same Holy Spirit. He'll answer you just like he'll answer me. Come on. We just got to take the time to hear him. Yo, you cannot make it on this earth without him. Why are you trying to live without God? How do I know that you're trying to live without God? Because when pride sneak up on you and you ain't getting rid of it. When anger, when offense, when rejection, when unforgiveness sneak up on you and you ain't trying to get rid of it. That tells me you don't need God. Things that sneak up on you that don't belong to you say, wait a minute, I've been delivered from that. You can't come up in here in hell and want me to hold a grudge against somebody. The devil is a lie. I refuse not to forgive. Cause he's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. It don't matter what they do or don't do. I forgive you. When he told me, about spiritual depletion. Y'all, he wasn't through yet. Then he says spiritual dyslexia has hit the house. Do y'all know what dyslexia is? Seeing things backwards. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Seem like when you're reading your words are backwards. Right. Right. He said that's what the church is doing. The reason why we're in that is because we're taking the tradition of men, which is none effect. And we're using tradition of men instead of using the word of God. He said the church then going into spiritual dyslexia because they believe in lies and twisting it instead of the truth. And you going on with those lies, so you seeing the word backwards. That's right. That's right. Mm. You ain't got no illumination, so you taking what God has given me and you giving it to people the other way. You got spiritual dyslexia. Because you refuse the truth. Stubborn. Rebellion. Stiff neck. Prideful. It's in the room. Because anytime you refuse truth from somebody else. And they're trying to give it to you in a loving way. You either stubborn. Rebellious. Prideful. You got rejection. Let me tell you something. I'm not going to tell you because you told me. I should have told you before you told me. Me and my husband get in this all the time. But I want you to hear this too before you get it twisted. Sometimes we do speak up when we should. not But sometimes we speak up when we should. And the person that you already hurt don't want to hear when you should. Understand what I'm saying? Let me break it down some more. Because some people probably, huh? What I mean is if you're always coming at somebody because somebody coming at you, then when you come at them with truth, they don't want you to come at them because you're always mouthing off before you give the truth. You don't mess up your witness. So if you keep your witness right, then accept your witness. We having a knockdown, down drag out. And I ain't Mike Tyson. (laughs) Listen at this, y'all. This is what God has given me. Y'all saying more? Of course. (laughs) I'm not finished yet. Because you need this. And then we're going to wrap it up. First Kings 17. I'm talking about Elijah. Elijah was a prophet. He was a mouthpiece for God. In the Old Testament... God had prophets that spoke on his behalf. The word was not written. The word was given to these prophets, and the prophets would speak as the word was given to them from God. So Elijah was a prophet, and Elijah began to speak. He said, as the Lord God of Israel liveth. Now listen what he said. As the Lord God of Israel liveth, they know God was living. Amen. He was alive. Before whom I stand, there shall be... Not be due or rain these years, but according to my word. Elijah was bringing a word from the Lord. So by him bringing the word from the Lord, guess what? It wasn't from Elijah. It was from the Lord, but God was using his mouth. So Elijah was representing who? God. The people, when they saw Elijah coming, they knew, uh uh-oh, God is getting ready to speak. See, that's just how his reputation was. When they saw a prophet come on the scene, they was like, whoa, be! God is getting, they will stand at awe because they knew that God was bringing a word. So Elijah said, there will be no rain according to my word. Why he said according to my word? Cause my word is God's word. I'm only bringing you God's word. So they took the word because they knew he was a mouthpiece from God, right? So then when he spoke this, listen at this. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, now once Elijah delivered that word, the word came to him again saying, he told him, this is where I want you to go, Elijah. He said, get thee hence and turn eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith. And that is before Jordan. Now listen at this. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Check this, y'all. Elijah delivered a word. No rain. I want y'all to hear this. Get this deep in your spirit. God is not going to leave you empty-handed. Carrying his word. Catch it. Elijah delivered a word. He's in the same land where he delivered the word. So he's going to be affected just like everybody else. But God is not going to leave the person he's given the word empty handed to look like they don't have. That's right. Amen. Stay right there and think about it. You're talking. You're talking right. If God give you a word to deliver and he say famine, you're going to live through the famine because you are serving God. And God ain't going to be made ashamed of. Right. Y'all better hear this. So guess what happened? The Bible said, so he went, y'all listen to it, and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelled by the book chariot that is before Jordan. And God's word was on him. But check this. Elijah did what? According to what? So that means he was living by what? Who would live by such word as that? You know why? He believed God. He trusted God. He depended on God. And he said, God, no matter what you say, I'm going to do it because your word is true. This is the next thing. We don't live according to the word because we don't believe the word. When you believe the word, you move according to the word. You listen to what God is saying and you do it. He did it. The ravens fed him and the brook went dry. Didn't Elijah probably already knew. Now, if the brook brook get dry, God already got provisions for that. So God told him, now I want you to go to Zarephath. I have commanded a woman to sustain you there. Y'all don't get it. It just makes my baby leap. We read this all the time. It's the same God. It's not just the God of Elijah. It's the God of Amanda. It's the God of Teresa, Apostle. Kathy, it's the God of all of us. God is not going to let his people not have. Because he would be made ashamed of. So why are you thinking that you're not going to have if you live in a, You got to live accordingly. When you live according to the word, this is what the Lord showed me. The word opens up itself. Whatever word you live in according to, it began to open up itself and deliver the goods. Y'all got to get it. Whatever. This is why in your belly shall flow rivers of living water. So when those rivers come out of your mouth, they're going in all kind of directions. So when you speak in the word of God, guess what? Here come overflow. Boom, bam. Why? Because I'm living according. Don't get mad at me. I'm living according to the word. Don't look at what I have and be jealous. I'm living according to the word. And the word is opening up. That's what Elijah did. Here go to other catch. When he got to the widow woman. She was getting ready to bring him some water. She had a little bit of bread. What is it when we have a little bit left? We want to hold on to it and die. Ignorant going to see. If you know you're going to die anyway, share it. Let everybody have a pinch of what you're going to die off for. If you made up your mind to die, let's die together. Give me some of that bread. Selfishness. Now, God already told a woman, I'm going to send you a prophet. Okay, send him on. I give him some water. She was going to get him some water, but she will not give him no bread. So Elijah, I like this. Elijah funny. That's Elijah over there. He funny. <laughs> this is what he said. Listen at this. So fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, that was easy. Y'all, we we'll do the easy stuff, won't we, Lane? we we'll do that because I can, I can handle that now. I, I can get you $10. He called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel. Duh, he knew that. And a little oil in a curse. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Oh, okay. Then Elijah said this. Fear not. He knew there was fear there. Go and do as, as thou hast said. He said, Go ahead. Do what she's going to do. But... <laughs> Make me therefore a little cake. What? Why should she give to him first? Why should she give to him first? He just a man. What? Say what? Truth. Y'all didn't never catch that in the word, did you? Because you caught it in the word, you keep your mouth off me. Huh? Okay, and bring it unto me, and after, make for thee and for thy son. Who's going to be first? Then who's going to get it afterwards? Now listen what happened, y'all. This is what God said. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the curse of oil fail until the day that the Lord send rain upon the earth. Okay, guess what that woman did? Here it go again. And she went and did Accordingly to the saying of Elijah and she and he in her house did eat many days. Y'all see that? She did accordingly to the word of who? Elijah got the word from God. Elijah gave that word to the woman and the woman did what God said through Elijah, right? The woman got what she needed. Elijah got what he needed. But then guess what? The woman's son began to die. Get sick and die. Guess what? Elijah began to pray to God, brought the son back to life, right? That ain't the end of all this. Then you go into 18. I'm trying to wind it up. You go into 18 and we see that there were prophets of Baal. And Elijah was going to come against the prophets of Baal. So when Elijah told the prophets of Baal what they needed to do, but before the prophets of Baal, Obadiah had hid some prophets. And Ahab was saying, go look for grass and all of this so the livestock can eat. So when he come up on Elijah, Obadiah was scared. He said, go let Ahab know that I'm here. He said, as soon as I go tell him you're here, you're going to get away from him and he's going to kill me. He said, no, I'm not. So he appeared to Ahab, he told Ahab what to do with the prophets, bought the prophets. They laid, built an altar, put the wood, put everything up there. They called on their God. He said, whatever God answers by fire, let this be your God. So y'all know what happened with that. God done something unusual. See, this is how God does. God ain't going to do something natural. Listen to me. For man to get the glory. When God do something. Man didn't have nothing to do with it. Hear what I'm saying. God don't need no help. Because if you put God and man together. Who's going to take God's glory. God got to operate through you. To tell man. This is what I'm going to do. So Elijah looked up to God. Right. So we know that God answered by what. Fire. They killed the prophets of Baal and then they knew that God was who? Was God. Now Elijah done all that for God. Now I'm wrapping this up because I want to tell you where I'm going because the Lord showed me this. When after he did everything that he had to do according to the word of God, did he not follow God's word? He did what God told him to do. The power of God was demonstrated through what God told him to do. He was the mouthpiece of God. But then Ahab went back in chapter 19 and told Jezebel, Jezebel was a controlling, vindictive, rebellious, stubborn, wicked woman that was wanted control. She wanted to rule. That's why she had her own prophets. They followed her. Jezebel cannot stand a prophet of God. She want to kill a prophet of God because the prophet of God is going to bring truth. And she don't want truth. She want to serve Baal, which was a false god. So when she found out what Elijah had done, she said, deliver this message to Elijah. This is the message. So let the gods do to me, and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba. So guess what he did? Elijah saw what she was saying. This is when spiritual depletion starts. This man had a word from the Lord. He saw the demonstration of God through the word he delivered. But when Jezebel began to threaten his life, spiritual depletion came because of fear. And he ran for his life. But when he ran for his life, y'all say God is a good God. He ran for his life, but this is what God did. He went into the wilderness. He was going into depression. How many of us get in depression when things begin to shift on us? After we done delivered the word of God. But now it's coming at us. We can come at everybody else with it. We can tell everybody else what the word is saying. But when it come to your house. Help me somebody. Now it's coming to Elijah's house. It's easy to say God said. And then you see what God is saying. But when it come to your house. Are you Elijah? Say amen. That's just don't lie about it. Because somebody got this in your house right now. You hear the word, you in the word, things are going good in your life. But guess what? The enemy coming at you. So Jezebel come at him and he went and sat up under a tree and said, let me die. He was so depressed. Yeah. Leave me alone. Let me die. No, no, no. God said, you ain't going to die on me. That's right. God began to feed him. He said, you got a journey. See, this is why you got to stay in close connection with God. He said, you got work to do. I'm not going to let you sit here and die. So Elijah got up on the food that he had given him. And he went where God told him to go. But listen at this. God said, I want to speak to you, Elijah. So Elijah thought that God was going to come one way and God come another. I'm wrapping it up right here. Listen at this in chapter 19. So. And he came thither unto a cage and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord, I want y'all to catch this. The word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What dost thou hear, Elijah? Now let's listen at his sob story, his self-pity. This is what he said. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altar, sling thy prophets with the sword. And I what's that? Pride. Yeah. I even I I, I, I only am left. Oh, I'm so sorry, Elijah. you don't only one left. <laughs> See, we want some pity. Yeah. And they seek my life to take it away. Now listen what God said. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. So he had to be in a place to meet God. Listen what I'm saying. When you are going through, you got to get away from everything. You got to be in a place. Where well, you can meet God. So he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain. behold, the Lord passed by. A wind came by, rent the mountains, broke it into pieces, rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. The earthquake, the Lord was not in the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. Now look, everybody look for God in a big way. Check this. Some of y'all may have been in here and the fire of God hitching you and you shook or you just laid out. Oh, God was in the place. But God said, your place with me. I want y'all to check this. This is what he heard, a small, still voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, it was like a whisper. He wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cage. And behold, now, this is where I'm going. Remember before the word of the Lord came to Elijah? It was the word of the Lord. Why did it say the word of the Lord? Because a prophet gets the word of the Lord. He give Elijah the word of the Lord all the time to deliver to the people. But God said, I want to communicate with you. I want to speak to you myself. I want you to get in a quiet place. Then the Bible said he heard the voice of God. God said, I want you to hear me for yourself. I want you to stop trying to look for something spectacular to happen to you to say, I've been with God. He said, every day you need to be with me so you can recognize I'm speaking to you. We have the scripture, that's God. But God said, when you don't have the word and you're not in it, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear that voice, that still voice. Where you can say, yes, Lord. So Elijah had to wrap himself up in a mantle and listen to the voice of God. God said, can you be still and know that I'm God? Can you just sit in a place and hear me clearly? Can you hear me speaking without you talking? God was talking to Elijah. He didn't need for Elijah to say nothing. Can you hear me when you're by yourself? Or are you saying, I don't hear nothing. God, why aren't you talking to me? God said, I'm always talking. But your spiritual antennas are not up. You got things in your life that's in your way. And that's why you can't get a clear reception. See, the enemy's putting these things there for you to grab hold to it so you can't hear me. And when you don't hear me, you can't do what I'm telling you to do. Elijah had to finish his assignment. So he had to hear God. To finish the assignment outside of how he felt. Elijah had to get up and eat the food God bought for him. To give him strength. The word is your food. But then you got to sit still and say, yes, your servant here. And he gave him what he wanted him to do. And Elijah did it. And y'all know what happened to Elijah later. He was caught up. He was raptured. What am I saying? You cannot live according to the word without the word. In church, we're living according to the world's way and not according to God's way. Your money won't save you. Your money won't deliver you. Your husband, your wife, your children cannot save you. God proved that when he had to come off his throne in heaven and come down here as a mere man, walk in the flesh and lay down his life. Because he who knew no sin had to become sin for for us so we could become the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. You can't even become righteous without accepting Jesus as your personal savior. No matter how much you come to church, no matter how you pay your tithes, no matter what kind of good Samaritan you are, you can mow all these yards, you can visit the rest homes, you can visit the prisons, but you must accept Jesus as your Lord. Your good works does not get you to you will not be able to look at God and say, I did this and I did that. God said it wasn't about you. It was about what I've done for you through my son. I took care of sin through him and you rejected him. It wasn't sin the problem. It was you rejecting what my son did. So quit telling people to pray and they ain't saved. This is why we have people interceding on their behalf. When you come before the Father to pray, it should be a sinner's prayer. Lord, I can't do this by myself. Because whatever the Lord tells me to do, that's what I can't do. I tried, Lord, but I can't keep it. I need your help. And when you call on him, he'll answer you. People thinking in the world, they got it going on because they got cars, they got money, they got women. Come on, Timothy, the second, ch- the second, what is it? Second Timothy three is telling you all these things, what the world, where we are right now. And people, church folk, if you don't get out of the way of the world, you become just like the world and still say you saved. There was a woman. Who was 63 years old. Catch it. 63. And she was having an affair on her husband. She said it was okay. To have the affair. Because the one she was having the affair with. Was married to. That was the justification. They were married too. And she said my husband ain't getting left out. Because I'm still feeling better. Sleeping with my husband now. Because it's better. It's better. I'm sleeping with this married man. I'm sleeping with my husband. And it's better now. The bedroom is better. And she said, and I still teach Sunday school. Because nobody ain't settled down. Talking right. It's in the church today. But when you mention what the words say about fornication. People think, let me tell you what people think. They done done away with the law. We ain't under the law, but people still fornicating. That was under the law too, wasn't it? Grace fulfilled all that. Can y'all imagine? Jesus took fornication. Poor man, he on that cross with adultery. and for, Oh, he taking all of it. Can y'all imagine every man, every woman, every child, everything that was fornicating and committing adultery? Come on, Jesus on the cross. Woo! Can y'all imagine? So whatever he took, why are we taking it? Because we choose to. You choose to have, you know, pleasure. You know what some people tell people? They're young and you're old too. What that got to do with anything? If he say don't, he mean don't. I don't care how old you are. Why do people give people license to sin because of the age? Help me somebody. Now I want y'all to add this up. Vengeance knew when you were coming up at the age of five between twelve, your parents tell you to stay away from them boys. Hello? Don't they? Why is it when you get up into your teens or get up in your twenties, it's okay you need somebody? What's the difference? You know why people say you need somebody? They're afraid you're going to go gay. When you teach people about homosexuality, people go to homosexuality because they've been abused either with a man or with a woman, or they have been abused when they were young, or the devil got a hold of their mind, telling them you should have been a boy instead of a girl. Yeah. Then you start acting boys, you start acting girlish, and your family letting you do it because they say they're free. They feel needed. They feel wanted. And ain't that God hate homosexuals? He love everybody. He hates sin. Come on now. It's, it's so in the open now. People saying it's okay. Some people have friends that way. Hey baby. Tell them about God's love. Tell them about what God has already done. Come on. They telling us everything else. Want you to talk about Jesus. You tell your children what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Tell your children who's going to come up to you and do these things. You got to tell them when they're young. Don't put your children in compromising positions getting a babysitter because you want to party. Whatever you do, do it yourself. Don't put your kids in what you're doing. Don't tell them it's okay when you get 21. You can drink all you want. You're leading them to sin. Come on, y'all. Let's be real. Let's say. If the world end today. Can you truly say with your heart. That you're going to be with Jesus. Yes, some people can say. They're going to be with Jesus because they say I'm safe. God loves me, but you're living like the unsaved. When you truly love God with your whole heart, you don't do what you used to do. You know how I know you don't do what you used to do because you got God in you. God hates sin. when his own son was stretched out on the cross, he turned Jesus was crying out to us. He couldn't even look at his own son because of sin. He turned away because he hates sin. So you telling me that what you in that sin, that God love it and I shouldn't tell you. This world's in a mess. People are saying you shouldn't tell people, but see what God is doing to let you know is. It's telling you what he's already done. So if he's already done it, why are you doing it? If he already paid the price, why are you still in what you in? And if God is in you, you hating, you're supposed to hate evil. And if you ain't hating evil, you need to fall down on your knees and say, God, help me. I'm enjoying this act. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I feel good. Come on. You better say, God, have I truly accepted you? Because if I have, I don't want to be in the same crowd. I don't want to look at the same movies. I don't want to go into the same place. I have to run from it. I was listening to a movie the other night, y'all, and it said something about God in it. So I'm turning it on, just smiling. I found another movie. As soon as I turned it on, I heard MF. Oh! (laughs) I was so trying to quickly define that button. It scared me. That's just how deep it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> then you're watching a good movie. We have to turn down the dial because I said, wait a minute. Here going to cuss word. Let me turn that one down. This is why I'm saying this, y'all. If we're going to live for Jesus, let's live for. But you cannot live for Him without the Word. And if you're going to be in the Word, be in the Word. Let me tell you something. You cannot be in the Word only on Tuesdays and Sundays. You cannot live according to the Word only on Tuesdays and Sundays. You won't make it. Your language ain't going to be mine. Do you know why some people can't deal with people and they hang around them? Because sin is prevalent. And if God hates sin, you're feeling bothered all the time. Because sin is prevalent and the languages are not the same no more. You feel like, I can't sit here. This is not me. And that's when you're feeling lonely. But you're alright. The devil wants you to feel lonely, but know you're all right. It's better to be by yourself to be in a crowd of foolishness. Your lifestyle supposed to be different. It don't matter if they leave you out. Leave me out, baby. It's okay. I still love you, but I just don't love what you're doing, and I'm not going to be a part of you doing. It's time to go. You can hang around family, but when they start turning it up or turn up or whatever you call it up, you turn out. Because you're different. And when they ask you why you leave, say that's just not me no more. I can't entertain that. You cannot tell me that you love Jesus and you do an opposite to what Jesus said. The love of God constrains you. You are the company that you keep. And if you rather be with that company instead of being with God, that's your God. Satan is your God. If people don't respect the God that's in you, you need to loose them people. It's just like this: if I got a habit, and that habit irritates this man, if he ain't checking with God to wonder why it's irritating him, then I'm going to stop my habit. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to help me until God helps him. Come on. This is what you have to do. That's the love of God. You' humbling yourself. You don't want to make nobody stumble because of what you're doing. If you want to drink you some wine, don't make me stumble because I'm coming to your house and you're drinking wine. Don't offer me what you're drinking. And say, it's okay, Jesus drunk wine. Don't offer me that if you know that's what I don't want. Drink it. But don't make me stumble. Don't put nothing in front of me. Don't blow your smoke in front of me. If you want to smoke cigarettes, smoke them. Maybe God told you to, dog. Doubt it. Because he's the temple. Why you want to mess up your temple? But don't be blowing it in my face. Secondhand smoke is dangerous. Do what you do. But when the trumpet blow, we're going to find out who's doing what to do. And I'll say this. I'm going to really close on this one. When the trumpet blow. And you do what you do. Let me tell y'all this. I'm gonna say this. Make sure you come to church clean. Cause when you leave them clothes there and left behind, people gonna talk about what you left behind. Make sure everything is clean. Cause when everybody get caught up, they know where you were sitting. It's the truth, y'all. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. We give God glory, y'all, for His word.